Well, if you are new to our church, uh, you have not heard me do a vision message, and uh, I absolutely love this weekend. Of course, you know I'm a visionary, I'm a leader, and uh, this is part State of the Union, part looking back and thanking God for what he's done, and it's also moving forward and saying, what do you want us to do? What are we anticipating uh, for this next year? And uh, I feel vision is important. I feel like it's a rally point. I feel like it's something that people can respond to. Um, I feel that people need to be reminded of vision. Um, I think you need something tangible to remember. And so every year I try to come up with a theme and something that we can grab hold of. And uh, as we move forward, I just want to look back for just a moment and just say 2016 was an incredible year. Uh, I really, really believe that. When I think about it, I was going on sabbatical. And uh, just so you know, I watched last year's vision message. I was tired. I can tell you that right now. I was was watching the vision. And the first part, I was like, man, you got to go somewhere. Let's go. Let's go. And uh, I feel refreshed after that sabbatical. uh, But it was a, a great opportunity for us. And for a quarter of the year, think about that. For three months, I was gone. And uh, getting refreshed, and again, I needed that. And uh, I want to thank you that the church wasn't tired. The church went forward. And I can let you know that last year our church grew by 1,075 people. I mean, that's amazing to me to think about, you know, I left tired and you picked it up and ran with it. Uh, There are 919 people stepped into ministry and said, hey, I want to find my place to serve. I believe God called me into this church to do something, to be a part of that. So uh, 919 people stepped up. Um, Over 5,000 people said yes to Jesus. And those are real numbers. Those are real people like that we're counting and making sure those are five. I mean, that's something that we need to thank God for. And here at all of our campuses, come on, let's thank the Lord for those things. Those are incredible things. And uh, again, even though I was tired, you guys weren't, you moved forward. Um, I want to say this, I believe that uh, the structure of our church is strong and that helped things move forward. The structure was strong. I mean, I believe we have an amazing staff. I really believe that. We have an amazing staff that just ran with it. Our our leaders in the church are so dedicated and they help to make this a, a reality and move it forward. And then the church is healthy. That's a sign of health that the church continue to grow. And um, a, a couple other things, again, not everybody gets excited about these things as much as I do maybe, but I mean, our giving went up 8%. How many know going up 8% is better than going down 8%? I mean, yeah, so the giving went up 8% and that's amazing. Uh, I see that our kingdom builder total, I mean, we stretched. I mean, I stretched you. I don't want to let you know, uh, it was a, a record year for us and with one just pending pledge that's out there and there's some details on that, uh, our, our total is $4.8 million. It's our highest ever. And uh, again, I say to God be the glory for, uh, uh, again, uh, the greatest year. Now, I still believe six million was the right number, all right? I was going to tell you that. I believe six million is the right number. As I prayed about that, you know, we got to 4.8, and, and I, I'm not... I am rejoicing in 4.8, but I still feel like 6 million was the goal. And I, I was like claiming rollover minutes on our, you know what I'm saying? Like if you could roll over your data, I'm rolling that over into this year. All right. So anyways, I just feel like uh, God is stretching us and growing us. And uh, I want to dwell on the amazing things that he's done. I want to share again that 169 families gave $5,000 or more to Kingdom Builders. I mean, that is, uh, my goal when we started Kingdom Builders was to have 100 families or individuals that would do that. 
And we have 169, so my new faith goal that I'm praying for is for 200 people to give $5,000 or more to Kingdom Builders. And uh, it's just, uh, watching this grow has just been an amazing journey. Um, we had 3,177 families or individuals give something to Kingdom Builders. Again, that is just uh, such a, a large number of people being involved, and I want to say thank you for helping us. So much good was done. I, I cannot summarize it all, but just a glimpse, I mean, we started started a thousand churches in India, and you're going to hear more about this. These are real churches, real churches that are being started. Uh, Convoy of Hope bringing uh, relief to the poor and the hurting and those that have had tragedy. We gave them $100,000. Uh, of course, our Swaziland campus, uh, our Spain campus. We started a church in the Baltics. Uh, we are right now raising money for uh, Tanzania, a church in Tanzania. We're going to build the largest church in Tanzania. It's, it's amazing. Uh, they've asked us to be a part of this and to, to help help them build it. Of course, we sent all of our youth group, uh, our juniors and seniors on the youth trip. Uh, we bought vehicles for missionaries, and uh, the Dinah uh, campus has been raising money for their building, and uh, we found a building. We've made an offer on that building. We're getting ready to close on that building. We need the final push for finances to come in, and uh, we are going to buy and hold that building. I believe that is where we're supposed to be. It's uh, right on Crosstown and Shady Oak. We're going to call that campus the Crosstown campus and let them just close claim the whole thing and, and uh, in that region right there. And uh, we've got to buy and hold that building and then raise 2.3 million more to build it out. But that is our spot. And, and we started that this year. And uh, I just am believing that uh, that's going to happen. We're going to get that and finalize it. But that was started in 2016. And I love the speed to which we moved in 2016. And it reminds me of something at Restoration Hardware. I read this. I think it was their CEO. He said, fast is as slow as we go. And I thought that could be River Valley. How many know that could be River Valley's theme too? Fast is as slow as we go. Um, and I will tell you this, you can have slow church problems, fast church problems. I would rather have fast church problems any day. I don't want people fighting over the carpet or who cleaned the kitchen and moved everything. I want people saying like, who can lead this and where can we find more leaders and oh let's fix that mess I'd rather be in fast church problems any day all right now when I prayed for the theme for 2017 when I prayed for the theme for 2017 I came up uh, with goals and, and, and some of it was just good goal setting and some of it was a faith component. I want to let you know this. I want to explain this to you. When, when I set things out there for the church and I'm praying as I'm leading the church I'm, I'm not just trying to say, well, how about 4% growth or 6% or 8% or whatever. I mean, some is just logical, good goal setting that's there. But there's a, a component of faith that has to be there when we're in a church. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have to realize that we, we agree with what the Word of God says. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Okay, the Bible tells us uh, also, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Okay, we are not a business. We are a church that is about the business of expanding the kingdom of God. And there's a faith component. So even when I share some of the things later on, you may say, that's big. That's wow. How in the world? I'm just telling you, we have to live in the realm of faith. I mean, so many times we say, here's what we have. Here's what I'll do. And instead of saying, here's what I have, we should say, here's who I have. I have God's hand. I have God working on behalf of this. God wants me to work on behalf of what's in his heart. And I believe faith says, I want to see what God sees. 
I want to see what God sees. I don't want to just look at what's here. I, I think, you know, calculation and business looks here and then has an eye towards the future. I believe the church has an eye toward heaven and then says, okay, here's what we have. Take it, take it, and let's do it for your glory and for your honor. And so that's how I feel our church's position right now. Let's see what he sees. And I want to tell you what our theme is for 2017. Our theme for this year is yearning for more. That's the theme right there. It is yearning for more. Uh, I believe that God loves it when we yearn for more. I believe that when we have that longing and we have that intense feeling for God, what more do you have for me? What more? God loves thirst. God loves hunger. God loves it when we want more from it. We can't exhaust what he has. So if we can't exhaust what he has, let's go for more. And I believe God loves that, that hunger. And, and for us right now, it's a yearning for more. Matthew 5, 6, he says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. I believe there's so many stories in the Bible where he's just talking about, I love your tenacity, I love your zeal, I love your passion. Matter of fact, we're gonna have a series later on this year uh, that's gonna talk about zeal, passion, tenacity, yearning, and we're gonna be reminded of this. Um, there's stories in the Old Testament of Hannah. You may not know this, but you know the story of Hannah in 1 Samuel, she wants a baby. And she's praying and her husband says like, hey, baby, aren't I enough, you know, for you? If we don't have a baby. And she's like, no, I want a baby. <laughs> you know, I mean, she is yearning for this. She's like, I want this. Uh, there's, there's the story of the Samaritan woman, you know, again, that is like, you know, hey, Jesus, can I have a miracle for my daughter? He's like, it's not time yet. And she's like, even the dogs get the crumbs. He's like, all right, you get your miracle. God loves it when we're yearning. God loves it. Psalm 84, verse 2, David understood this. He said, my soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. There's something about yearning. There's something about going for it and saying, God, I desire more. And I'll tell you this, physically, if you're not yearning, if you don't have an intense longing to eat, something's wrong with you. The loss of appetite is, is, a, is a sign that something is really wrong with you. And I believe that a loss of appetite for a church is a sign that something is truly wrong. Now, I believe in our world, it's, it's easy to get distracted from yearning. How do you know that? Like, it is easy to get distracted from yearning. I just feel like the more things I own, the easier it is to get distracted. The, the busier my schedule gets, the easier it is to get distracted from yearning. And I can get busy and I can forget to yearn for what really matters. And I want us to just yearn after this. And um, when I was over in uh, Jerusalem, when I was over in Israel recently, I met with this rabbi, Rabbi Moshe, and uh, our whole team did. It was an interesting conversation. I got some of his materials. I found him fascinating, and his insights into the Word of God were just incredible. And, um, and, I, and as I got some of his resources, I read about the Feast of Tabernacles. I don't have time to go into this all the way, but the Feast of Tabernacles, um, it's a celebration in the fall in the uh, Jewish uh, culture, and uh, they recognize the harvest. And they also celebrate um, their exodus from Egypt. And in the Feast of Tabernacles, um, they actually live in tents, okay? They actually will build a tent in their yard and they'll eat their meal in there. Some of them will actually sleep in there. And it reminds them that they lived in portable housing 
portable structures while God delivered them from Egypt and then got them into their promise. And as part of that feast, of part of this feast, God said, I want you to get these certain branches and I want you to have them as part of the festival. And I want to read this. We're going somewhere with this. Leviticus 23, verse 40, it says, On the first day you are to take branches from luxuriant trees, from palms, willows, and other leafy trees, and rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. So he gives them this example, and in the uh, Hebrew, it actually gives them some examples of what type of trees. It gives them the exact type of trees that they should get the branches of. And it tells them to take some that um, smell good, some that have amazing food on them. And then it says the willow branch. And I actually have some willow branches here. I want to thank uh, my son Logan, who went and took these out of someone's yard on Dodd Boulevard. Thank you. <laughs> there were plenty more where this came from. But, uh, they had willow branches. And you think, why in the world would they have willow branches? Of course, these don't have any leaves on them because it's winter in Minnesota. But why in the world would they have willow branches? And you think about it, that a willow doesn't give off fruit. A willow doesn't give off an amazing smell. So why would God want them to have willow branches in this ceremony? They're, they're waving these branches, and it makes sense. And, and the rabbis have just you know, thought that the, the fruit and the smell was saying the knowledge of God and the good deeds that you can do for God, that God wants his knowledge to be known and the good deeds to be done in his name. But then they said the willow, what does the willow do? What does it bring to it? And they've gathered this, that the willow was there because the willow is always thirsty. Willows are by rivers, by lakes. If you have a low spot in your yard, plant a willow. It'll drink up all the water. It is always yearning for more. And so God's like, when you come and you celebrate in front of me, I want you to know me. I want you to be fruitful with good deeds, but I want you to be thirsty. I want you to yearn for more. I want you to always be thinking about more of me, more revelation, more love. There's more where that came from. Be thirsty. And I just feel like it's a beautiful illustration for us to say, God, help us to stay thirsty. Help us to yearn for more. I used to have a willow in my yard. I hated that tree. I'd mow and they'll get all in there. Now I love the willow tree in your yard. All right, yeah, not mine. Oh, but I love it for what it means. I love it for what it means. And I just want to say to the church, yearn for more. Yearn for more. Please, I beg of you, don't have an attitude about church. Like, I'll come late and I'll get there for the sermon. Okay, that's what they talk about, the, the knowledge. That's one of the branches. You say, well, I, I, I'm just going to go and serve. I won't go and worship. I'm not going to worship. I'm just going to serve this week and I won't go to worship. I'm not going to go to one and serve at one. I'm not going to do that. Don't. Don't, that's one branch. You need all of them. You need to, to know God. You need to serve God. You need to be hungry and thirsty for God. And please, can I say this to all the leaders? Staff your ministry so strong that people can be in worship. Even, I think, uh, Woodbury campuses are only one with one service, but staff it strong enough that people can still go to service and be in service. Don't let them just have one branch and then dry up without the thirst. 
I mean, we're yearning. That's gonna, if you keep serving God, serving God, serving God, serving God, and you don't have that time in his presence, you don't yearn for God, you will dry up and break away. And the next thing you know, you're broken, you're burnt up. Seriously, that'll preach. That might be coming in a sermon later. All right. Seriously, let's stay, stay thirsty. May that just inspire us to stay thirsty for God and yearn for more and see that even God in picking the plants that were in his celebration, he was saying, I want you to be thirsty. And he said, well, what if I don't? What if I don't? I mean, I'm saved. I mean, what if I just come and you know, I'm just getting there and you know, I'm not that thirsty, which always just drives me crazy. When people will say that, well, what if I don't want to go on a global team? What if I don't want to serve? What if I don't? And I'm just like, oh. Do you understand grace? Okay, let me correct this. Let me help you. Um, turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 9. And I want to read a verse and chapter and story that many of us just skip right over. It says this in Luke chapter 9, verse 51. I want you to pay attention to this. As the time approached for him, speaking of Jesus, to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. And he sent messengers on ahead who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. But the people there did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. When the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them. Then he and his disciples went to another village. Okay, first things first, let me just say this. The disciples are sent ahead to go take care of the food and the lodging. They had to have kosher food. It had to be taken care of. So they go into this Samaritan village. Jesus is cutting through the, the short route. He's cutting through the short route. Most people would go around, but he's like, I'm going to go through there, and I, I've got to get to Jerusalem. Samaritans had in their custom the same things of hospitality. They needed to offer hospitality to the stranger. It was part of their rules as well. But they completely ignore the rules and don't want anything to do with Jesus. And his disciples, missing everything he's taught them, are like, do you want us to call down fire on these? You know, have you ever been mad at somebody and you're just like, Lord, get them? You know, <laughs> fire would be good. You know, okay, you don't understand. There's no... <laughs> A retribution. I mean, you don't do that. We don't do that as far as you, we don't take revenge on people. All right. God's giving us a, a greater message. He's saying, love your enemies, do good to those that hate you. You're not allowed to do those things. And so these, they're like, fire, don't fire. He's like, no, 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 no. These are the things that I've taught you. Don't contradict that. So we read that. They want to call on fire. And they're like, where are you going with this? Verse 56. I think it's one of the saddest verses in the Bible. Then he and his disciples went to another village. And you say, what's so sad about that? Here's what's sad about that. Jesus was going to their village and they pushed him away. They said, you know what? You don't fit with our culture. You don't fit with our plans. You don't fit with my rest, with my time. You don't fit with what I'm doing right now. So why don't you just move on? And the Bible tells us nothing happened. Nothing happened. That city could have had Jesus stay there and instead, mm, yeah, whatever, uh, we got our deal. Nothing happens. Nothing. We don't even know the name of this city. Nothing happens. Think about it. Jesus was going to show up. Jesus bumped into a funeral and a boy came back to life. It wasn't even in his plan one day. He's just walking the street at a funeral, sees a mom. What if he'd have walked in their village and bumped into a funeral? Something amazing could have happened. 
Jesus shows up at somebody's house and they tear the roof off to get in and a guy gets healed. I mean, think about this. Jesus is walking through the streets. A woman touches the hem of his garment and healing flows from him. Jesus sees little kids and he blesses them. No kids got blessed. No healings happened. No miracles. No roofs were taken off. Nothing happened. God help us if our attitude is, well, at least I'm in. At least I'm in. So what? So what? Nothing happens then. We miss out on your blessing. We miss out on what you bring to the body of Christ. If you don't invite people into his presence, nothing happens. They lose. Wow, what an intensity. And it's just, and they went to another village. There's an old song that the church used to sing. Savior, do not pass me by. Don't pass me by. And I just, I can't help but think of it like, if Jesus is moving, I want to be near him. If Jesus is coming to a city near you, get there. Don't let him pass by. And let's yearn for more because it's so sad. They had no yearning. They were indifferent. They were hostile. And they pushed him away. And they said, move on, Jesus. Not in this church. Not this year. We are going to be yearning for more. Come on, let's give God a praise for that. We are yearning for more. You got to realize, Revelation 22, the Bible ends with, all who are thirsty, come, 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 come to the fountain. Like, here it is. Here's the answer. I want us to yearn for more in 2017. I want us to yearn for more. And I want to rapidly fire through some things. And some of these things, again, they're faith goals. I'm, I'm, I, I mean, I have logic on paper, but they're faith goals because I'm yearning for more. I don't want God to say, I was ready to do more and you just pushed me over. I'm yearning for more. And so let me fire through these. I, 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 I know. Can you tell him, like, there's a lot of faith in some of these goals? I'm just going to tell you that right now. I, I think we're supposed to grow by 1,750 people. You say, well, how? I just, I was praying. I looked over, I prayed over each campus, and I came up with a number, and then I added them all up, and I was like, well, I'll pray again. All right. Uh, and I, and I, and not that, I mean, I was like, wow, Lord, that, that's incredible. And I just, I'm just telling you what I felt. And I'm not saying it's perfect, but I'm telling you what we're aiming for. I think we're supposed to add 1,000 people to serving. I really do. We're supposed to add another 1,000 people to serving. You need to step up and find your spot and to get involved. I believe Kingdom Builders is supposed to hit $6 million. I believe that's what we're supposed to do. I believe we're supposed to blow through 5 million to 6 million. And then if we add those rollover minutes, we're going to 7 million. All right, let's do this. I believe 5,500 people to say yes to Jesus. I really believe that. I believe that people are going to say yes to Jesus. And, I, and I'm kind of like, I, I want to make the altar calls a little harder. You know, I mean, I, I just, I want to make sure that people know that they know that they know, but people are coming and you're inviting them. And I thank God for that. I want to see um, 1,200 people go through our freedom ministry. And, I, and I, you may not even know about that. Okay, but it's, you're going to hear about it in the next sermon series, but it's how do you move forward? A lot of you are in salvation and there's a lot of stuff in you that needs to get out and you want to move forward in freedom. God's got so much more, but you need to get rid of those things that have been hanging around. That, that's freedom ministry. I want to see that. Are, are you dying a building? We need to get that building. I'm serious. We need to get that building and build that building. Uh, we need to raise the remainder. We need to uh, raise the money to build it. I, I just see so many people coming to faith in that building. That's, that is just positioned in the 
right spot. I want to see 250 people in our pipeline for our 500 missionaries. I believe right now we have 160 people in the pipeline that are in our missionary map and they're moving forward. I want to see uh, us move forward in this and I want to see 250. I want to see us make a jump right there. Now don't materialize. I was like, yeah, I'll be, you know, if God calls you, jump in. If you're wondering, jump in. But I mean, I, I think this is amazing. Now here's one that I haven't told the elders or the staff. They're hearing this for the first time as well. As I was praying about how many campuses, you know, I can tell you honestly, I, I was thinking zero to one. I really was. I was thinking zero to one, zero to one, zero to one. I was like, Lord, pick zero or one. Those are the two choices, zero or one. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> here, my Lord, pick zero or one, all right? And, and, I, and I'm going to tell you this. It's just, it's a, it's a I, I just have a piece of it. I don't have all of it, okay? I don't have time to go into all the ways that God gives me just a piece, and then I step out a little bit, and then it unfolds, okay? So I'm going to tell you something, and it, I, I even was like, can I preach, can I say this? Um, as I prayed about campuses, I kept hearing God say, get ready for three. I, I, I'm just, now I don't know what that means. I, I can't say, these are the three cities. I can just tell you, as I was praying, God said, get ready for three, Okay? I can see some staff in the room right now. They're like, oh, all right. <laughs> they're like, I, they're either updating the resume or getting fired up with volunteers. I don't know, but all right. Uh, get ready for three. And here's what I know we're going to do. We're raising the money in Kingdom Builders. Part of our Kingdom Builders this year, that six million is to raise the money for the future campuses. We're going to build the teams. We're going to wait. We are, we're, we're just going to see what God does. I, I don't have a direction of go there and start this now. I feel like that we may acquire something, that God may bring us something. And he said, here it is. I, I don't have any more on that. I mean, even when I went into Faribault campus the very first time, and God's like, share this with them. And he gave me this little, little thought, tell them you're an organ donor. I'm like, Lord, I need more. And then later on, he revealed more to it, okay? And I'm just telling you that God has given me, get ready for three. I don't know the timing, but I know the direction. Okay? I don't know the timing, but I know the direction. And so we, as a church, have got to be praying. What does that mean? Where is it going? What are we looking for? What are we on the lookout for? And where is that going? And again, that could be get ready for three this year to boom, go for them next. I don't know. I, and, and it, that's part of moving in faith. But I'm just telling you, I'm being obedient by sharing that. Now, I'll close with uh, just this, what I'd love for you to just think about with the, with the yearning for more and the hunger and thirsting. And um, I want you to yearn. I want you to be thirsty. I want you to yearn for more. And I, I, I kind of want you to use both hands with this. I want you to yearn for more with one hand for the people that God wants you to reach. And I want you to yearn for more with one hand with what God has for you. Uh, track with me on this, Okay. I want you to yearn for more, and on one hand, I want you to think about five people that you need to invite to church or you need to share your faith with. You could share your faith in the workplace. I don't care where you do it, in your neighbor's uh, house, in a, in a party. I don't care, five people. Are you yearning for more? Are you yearning? I mean, think about it. Paul, when he was talking about the Israelites, and he was saying, I'm yearning for them. In Romans 10, 1, he said, brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. He's like, my yearning, my longing is that they'll know this. I need you to yearn for people to know the presence of God. I need you to yearn for that. When was the last time you invited somebody to church? When was the last time you went out on the, uh, and took a step of faith and said, man, I, I want you to check this out with me. When was the last time you said, hey, can I share something with you? 
you probably have noticed this about me that I, I'm religious, but can I just share my faith with you? What do you do? I, I really believe that yearning for five people. Yearning for five. On one hand, I want you to be, I, it's like yearn for those people that need to be saved. Yearn for them. Yearn for them. Pull, get them. Go after them. Go after them. And on the other hand, I want you to yearn for the presence of God more. And I think there's some practical steps. And I don't want you to get lost in the doing and the knowing, but I do think there are practical steps. Seriously, this is your year to go to next. This is your year to go to Alpha. This is your year to go to Freedom. This is your year to go on a global team. This is your year to become a kingdom builder or step to that next level that God's been nudging you to. This is your year to raise your hands in worship. You're like, oh, come on, yearn for more. This is your year to go to the Holy Spirit retreat. There's more for you. This is your year if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit and you've been given your prayer language, yearn for more. Earnestly desire the greater gifts. Earnestly desire that you could prophesy. Earnestly desire. I'm praying, Lord, whatever gifts you want to give me, if they'll build your kingdom, I desire more for you. More for your glory. What is it? So on one hand, if I had a marker, I would write their names down. Write down five names there. If I, and over here, maybe there's five steps. Maybe have somebody else write it. I'm not good left-handed. You know, you write it down. I'm going to go to next. I'm going to go to Holy Spirit retreat. I'm going to go on my global team. I'm going to become a kingdom builder. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be on time for worship and get in there and be there. In the pre- I'm going to go to pre-service prayer. Let me just say that right now. All of our campuses have pre-service prayer every service. You, you, on uh, the Saturday night services, they have them, and the Sunday, it's usually before the first one. Talk to your campus pastor. Yearn for more. Stop coming in. Run and register the kids. They're late. You're late. You get in for the sermon. You sit in the back. You leave. Her. Come on. Yearn for more. Yearn for more. Yearn for more. God help us if we don't yearn for more, and then nothing happens. This is a year we will yearn for more and anything can happen. How many are with me on that one? Yearn for more and anything can happen. Here at all of our campuses, let's stand up. I want to pray and I want you to raise both hands. On one hand, think about it right now with the people that you're going to invite. Right now, think about that. And on the other hand, think about what you want God to do in your life. How much more do you want? What more does he have for you? Come on, let's pray for this. Lord, with our hands raised, we're praying right now that we would thirst, that we would yearn for more, that we would desire more. I'm praying that we'd yearn to see our family come to know you, our friends come to know you, our coworkers come to know you. I pray that we'd yearn and we'd, we'd be we wouldn't be satisfied. We'd say, I didn't bring anybody this year. That would never satisfy us. We'd say, Lord, we desire for more. Help us to yearn for more. And God, I pray on the other hand, I pray that we'd yearn for your presence more. We'd lift our hands. We'd go for more. We'd go to the Holy Spirit retreat. We'd go to the next and Alpha and the different things that you have for us. And we'd look for ways to be hungry. We'd want to stay close to you. We wouldn't want to skip worship, but we'd want to be in your presence. Help us to reach out to those that need you and help us to reach up to you, Lord. Draw us closer. Lord, in 2017, help us to yearn for more. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen.